0: to Speak Sex. I am Eve Eurydice. I'm your host. I am Greek from the island of Lesbos. Uh, I'm a writer and artist on the theme of female sexuality and I started this podcast for the very literal uh, cause of encouraging everyone to speak sex to each other without guilt, without self-consciousness, without ridiculous codes. uh, without miming and uh, fluently. And so most of what we do here is educate each other by example, by osmosis, you know, energetically. Um, we tell our stories on the air, and we want everyone to listen in order to find their own voice and to, you know, realize how we need to un learn a lot of the lessons of our childhood and you know early adolescence in order to gain our power and I believe as a woman that the way to do that is for us women to get back the power of speaking about sex and asking for what we want and naming our desires so that we're no longer the object of the fucking patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we've just you know gained the right to give verbal consent to sex for like the first time in written history, so we should just write that puppy all the way. Um, Because it's the one thing that the dominant culture has not regulated. You know, language logos is totally determined by patriarchy, as are all our customs and laws and, you know, uh, gods, (laughs) (laughs) Um, principles, you know, our ideas of like right and wrong, light and dark, all the dichotomies, all that bullshit that we have taken on just by being part of this culture and this language. But because sex was, after all, the domain and the power and the genetic advantage of women, the dominant culture has not really taught us how to speak sex to each other. So this is our moment to insert ourselves into the culture. And I think that this is good for both men and women. But, you know, my personal journey is to encourage women, my sisters, (laughs) (laughs) to find their voice and find their own, you know, female the uh, subject, subjectiveness and their own female gaze and their own female agency all the way through. So, um, in this, uh, you know, in this effort of speaking sex, <laughs> um, and speaking truth and speaking openly in a raw and direct An uncensored, unedited way with each other, um, unfiltered. I've invited today Enid Nolasco to uh, be my guest um, because she runs something called um, a project called Raw Storytelling. And I just loved even the name Raw Storytelling, you Mm -hmm. know, because so much of what we do these days with social media especially is heavily filtered, you know, and edited, right, for content so you can't tell truth from lie. And we've entered this moment uh, in history where no one knows even what news are true and fake. (laughs) So Raw, in my humble opinion, is the way to go for honesty,
1: Right, yes. It was definitely the intention. <laughs> yeah,
0: great. So um, her show, Through Life, Through Storytelling Shows and a podcast, Raw, Raw Sto- Storytelling, provides any person from any background with opportunity to share their life experiences and gather inspiration from those who also share. So this is a little bit what we're doing here. Um and uh, you are uh, an overachiever Puerto Rican. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. And she is also the founder of Witchcraft Branding, <laughs> um, which uh, helps creatives, makers, and healers, you know, claim their place in. The branded universe. <laughs> 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 so, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much you. for inviting me. It's mm. super special to be here. Yeah, yeah, for me too. I'm looking forward to hearing all about you. Yeah. So, um, my first question usually um is about your own personal journey, and mm-hmm. it <laughs> <laughs> it's where you came from and how you've got to where you are right now, and mm-hmm. and you know the heroine's journey. Um, and and potentially like the transformations or you know the the revelatory moments you know like the soul on the way to Damascus moments <laughs> you know where you realized oh <laughs> yeah I've believed in the false gods <laughs> yeah
1: it, it's funny um so. I I people I I was born in Costa Rica and people usually are like really um I lived there for only three years mm. and that's because um I was born into a very unconventional family it was my mom my grandparents my uncle and my aunt and that was my like to the point where I called my grandfather my dad like that was mm. our nucleus and my grandfather he worked for the American Embassy and he used to move every three years to a different country in Latin America. So I grew up all over the place, and that really um, was a huge factor in who I am. Yeah, like it's a great cultural education. I'm a mix of a lot of different things. That's and, wonderful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then at one point, my mom was like, I'm done with this, and she actually moved to the United States and stayed there for like all of my like elementary years. Mm. So that's why I have an American accent, and mm-hmm. I'm also... Very much American. I'm kind of like a mixture of all these different cultures. I'm American. I'm also Puerto Rican. I'm mm-hmm. also Latino from other culture right. uh, countries I'm all over Latin America. Yeah, yeah, I'm a mix. Um, and where where did your mom
0: move? Where were you
1: raised? Uh, I it was D. C. and Houston. Most of it was Houston. Houston, Texas.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, and then my mom remarried when I was about ten or eleven ish, and uh, she remarried. She remarried another Puerto Rican. My mom is Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. She remarried another Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. and at that point, we moved to Puerto Rico. And I was there for the majority of my high school. Uh, it was middle school, high school, and college. And okay. that's why I say I'm Puerto Rican. It's what I know the yeah. most. Yeah, it yeah. was there that I fell in love with t- um, with like TV and film, and I actually. I went to study TV and film. That's what I have my bachelor's in. Um, mm. TV and film production. I was a video editor for seven years. I had life happen and then- <laughs> life. <laughs> what well, I want to know that life happened. Oh, well. No, it was just, uh, it was, uh, I, I was very depressed. Teenager, Uh (laughs) I was definitely like the invisible friend behind Uh other other people that were more popular, Uh and I just I was just very sad all the time. And TV and film were my refuge. Uh That is all that I watched, Uh and 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 did. I didn't have any hobbies, so that was my safe place. And I read a lot of books, and I it was I was a super nerd, which I love. I'm happy that I'm a nerd. Yeah.
0: Almost everyone who comes here is a nerd. Yeah. That's why I I love it. I love that. Yeah.
1: I was super into anything that was like uh I didn't dress gothic but I did definitely enjoy like I I just I love that culture of like being gothic and skulls and death and witches and demons and vampires uh-huh. and I was just yeah. so into all yeah. of that. Yeah. And that was my happy place. Yeah. Um and then I went to college and I realized that I was really, really good at working and I became a workaholic. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really good at working. <laughs> <laughs> like to the point where I didn't make a lot of friends. I just worked a lot in college. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I, I, met who w- who would become my wife for 13 years in college actually mm-hmm. and I got married really quickly but young <laughs> but yeah I was tw- I was 22 and we moved to New York City and we like we moved in really quickly I'd known her for a while she's my best friend and we moved to New York City and then my eyes started to open to all the possibilities of Othering. of everything of, <laughs> and every aspect uh, that you can imagine right and other types of yeah. sexual
0: experience. Right. And yeah. Change. Yeah.
1: Right. And, and sexual experience and, and every, honestly, and it was all, it was like personal development. It was mental. It was just like, just in every single aspect of life. My yeah. eyes opened yeah. when I moved to New York City. Right. And then from <laughs> there, yeah, from there. Um, like uh, from there, I ended up in Miami somehow. <laughs>
0: well, we all do, from yeah, York, we come so here
1: funny. and we stay here. <laughs> I totally stay. I know. Yeah, I live now in Fort Lauderdale, but I totally, I we stayed in Miami. Um, and I along the way, I I found branding. I had never heard of that, heard of it before. I got obsessed with branding. I went and got a master's in fine arts in branding. I opened my own business. I worked for like award-winning branding projects. And, um. What happened to the wife? Well, i i am getting there. Okay. So, so she the, moved
0: down here with you. Oh, then. yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: And then we, uh, uh, so uh, branding, I, branding, I was still super depressed. <laughs> 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 I was still, so, all like, like I was married. I had yeah. all this awesome career. I was still super depressed until one day, um, somebody invited me to talk at, you know, Creative Mornings. It's like a mm. breakfast lecture series, mm-hmm. an international one. I spoke there and at the end of the of the speech, somebody asked, so what's next? And I hadn't asked myself that question mm. <laughs> ever. And mm-hmm. I blurted out, I want to start a true storytelling show. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I said that. I have no idea. It just came out. Mm-hmm. And then that was May 12, 2017. Mm. And that was the day that life changed. Because um, I started raw storytelling. Like I met people that. Brought, me, ooh, brought, sorry, brought me to a group. <laughs> sorry, I know
0: podcast blooper. uh, <laughs> yeah, she, uh that, that, she gesticulates a lot, so every so I, often she punches the mic. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I, 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 I went to this group who called Accent Club, and they, they helped me grow roster, telling them to what it is. I met a ton of friends there. It changed who I was, mm. and I found the person that I am now. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I don't have a wife anymore. <laughs> 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 I do love her. She's amazing. She's my best friend on uh, my That's entire lovely. life. But we're just different people right now. Mm. And uh, got divorced uh, six months ago. Well, I was very recent, very fresh, and raw storytelling keeps growing, growing, growing. And I've met so many different souls mm. through this thing called Raw nice. Star. It has yeah. changed my life. Of course. Yeah. Raw found me. As it me. does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's this
0: yeah. thing does, you know, when you kind of put yourself out there and invite everyone in to join, especially if you do it like without, you know, profiteering in mind. You just do it from a place of inclusion, mm-hmm. you know, and interest in like fellow humans. It just grows and takes over. It's crazy. Yeah, because yeah. we're all looking for authenticity, you know, so much of but what we do is like packaged and mm-hmm. suspicious mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. so tell us a little more about raw
1: right so raw Storytelling, it, it's like you mentioned it it's a monthly event that happens mm-hmm. right now in fort in fort lardo florida right, right. um but
0: uh so anybody can come or do you uh, figure you know do you have like a, do they have to apply do they have to volunteer okay. you choose there yeah. is some sort of editorial magazine right.
1: So um, in order to speak at the show or to share your story at the show, you need to submit your story um, through the website. Okay. And I will say that we... Book up like it's first come first serve mm-hmm. and each month has a theme oh, okay um and uh at this point like we book up way in advance like yeah. i book like it's like you have to apply and you'll speak in like two or three months three, two three months yeah. right um and before you and how long i'm
0: sorry to interrupt 50, how long is, you have up to 15 minutes 15 minutes yeah. and how many people do you get per, five to six per show okay
1: and before the show you get a, a a storytelling workshop call with me. So you'll we'll oh, nice. have a call and you'll tell mm-hmm. me your story and I'll help mm-hmm. you make it even Present better. It better and, yeah. yeah. So the stories are definitely curated in the sense that the storyteller has worked on it a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but I will say that sometimes people either get cold feet, or they may maybe they something happens in their life and they can't make the show. Mm-hmm. So when that happens, I do open it up to volunteers from the crowd, and the best stories have come from those volunteers that just yeah. off the cuff. Yeah. Um, and then we think, have this thing called too raw to share, which people in the crowd can write a raw story on a little piece of paper. And also those are great. So it's a combination of people Mm -hmm. who have really worked their story with maybe more raw ones. Although they're all raw, but some are just not not as thought through. But it's the combination that
0: really makes it special. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have felt that you know, f- both for myself and as I've witnessed, I, you know, other people that when I've spoken completely off the cuff, driven by raw emotion, mm-hmm. you know, when you like start shaking and you get red, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you feel present. all like the electrical synapses yeah. going, like you are electrified, right, mm-hmm. and you can't keep your mouth shut, so you. Bolt up and say your piece, <laughs> that's when so much, you know, so much right. truth comes out, and you don't even know half the time you don't even know that that's, that's part an, of your narrative. Yeah. Because when you are aware that, you know, people will hear mm. and then you get to rewrite it, you make mm. it a little more like everybody else's shit, you know? There's
1: there's benefits to both. There's that side where when you're it's off the cuff, the emotions are flying. Yeah. The other side of working through it for a little bit is that sometimes you don't realize the connections in your life that. That brought the story together. So when I mm. when I work with somebody, I'm usually like, tell me where the story is coming from, and it almost always goes back to childhood mm. or something in the past. Mm. So and you add like psychology. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I don't have a degree in it, but I feel like I, I could. <laughs> you get getting one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So the, usually they they're like, oh, I hadn't I didn't remember this, or I hadn't right. thought about this, and they start and it, for them it's a it's like a, a cathartic process. Yeah, where like they yeah. feel like they got something off yeah. of their chest that they have yeah. been
0: holding on to for a decade sometimes yeah yeah oh no it's really yeah yeah and it all starts in childhood i mean like to be honest
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think i would say almost all my stories begin
0: with childhood yeah because that's when we like make sense of the world Mm -hmm. that's where we get up come up with our definitions you know and they're so i mean you know there's like this little kid who is innocent and knows nothing Mm -hmm. but has to make sense of the world and like protect herself and right so then you go back and when you access that stuff you know most of us repress it but forget it whatever but when you're actually access that Mm -hmm. and then connect it to your truth now and who you've become now right then you you know it helps you understand why you see things the way you do and why you have responses that you have and and it also helps you kind of move on, you mm-hmm. know, turn it around once you make the connections, right? Like make, I once call you it make the spider webs, <laughs> right? Once yeah. you make the connections, you can fix things a little bit, yeah, right? Yeah, you can understand yeah. so why, by the way, happened. I call them. it the spider web of like
1: <laughs> because. You go through life and it's like you have to go grocery shopping. You have work. You have right, a family. Right, whatever, right, right, and you're right. not thinking um, no, you're like in a, the pic- picture. Right, you're a robot of duty. Yeah. So when you take time to work on the story for Raw, what mm-hmm. I've seen is that people take the time to make the connections of the different parts in their life, and then like the spider web like starts forming of like how one thing leads to another, mm. and then they t- they start seeing how one thing affects another thing, and that mm-hmm. happens even to me all the time where I'm like. Oh, this is so this happened when I was like seven and this is why I am like this <laughs> yeah. now. Like
0: it it's yeah, it's oh, amazing. I know. I know. It's um it's like it's kind of shocking also how much we have forgotten. Like I can be passing by Some content, you know, I'm, like, passing by a TV screen in a public place because I don't do TV at home. (laughs) And this just happened, like, two days ago. And someone was playing, like, a TV procedural show or something, and they were saying, oh, you know, children. And I think it was, like, about a kid being abducted and raped. So, Luckily, I was not abducted or raped as a child. Okay. (laughs) I wouldn't know that. (laughs) But, um, you know, there was, like, someone... Uh, saying that, you know, children who perform for adults nonstop in their childhood and, like, sit go run to strangers and sit on their laps and do a song mm-hmm. and dance, you know, are children who are emotional orphans and, you know, their parents are absent or whatever, gave a whole big, mm-hmm. sh- big speech. And a name for it, you know, or, or this type of, like, I- incest that happens. Um, that's more like emotional incest rather than physical incest. But I mean, I spent my childhood doing that (laughs) and I never thought, you know, I never gave it a name or a pathology Mm -hmm. or wondered, you know, I thought, oh, I must have been like a hammerhead in in childhood, you know, because I, (laughs) but now like I'm going by the TV and I went on about my business. So I didn't see the rest of the show. Mm -hmm. I was a passerby, but it stayed with me Mm because I, you know, like you said, it just like clicks that, oh, it brought back a memory of childhood that I have never investigated. It's something that indicates something else. You know, that's not like what everybody does. Mm -hmm. So what was, you know, what was that like four-year-old, you know, needing that she went to strangers and like recited the Iliad or, you know, sang whatever (laughs) (laughs) black and white movie songs (laughs) from (laughs) the Greek movies. You really are Greek. I know. Why was I doing that? It's not normal, mm-hmm. but so yeah, it's interesting that yeah. we go through life and these little connections, like like jolt, totally, <laughs> Jolts of yeah, meaning That's- come up.
1: Oh, absolutely. It happened with, I mean, with so many things, but like recently, so I didn't grow up with my biological dad. Yeah. Um, And I never give a shit. I was like, I know he, I didn't need him. I, I had a great family. You're
0: I, right. You had the full family. I didn't yeah, really. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really yeah. care. So I, was didn't like, miss- I, knew,
1: I knew he wasn't there, but I didn't, I didn't care. Good. Um, yeah. And then, but then uh, recently I realized that be- because of that, I took on the role of being like the matriarch of the family <laughs> mm-hmm. because I was like, well if there's no dad, I gotta take over and be I mean, I guess it would be the patriarch, but I, I, right, I but you I girl. took on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I took that I didn't but I didn't make that make that connection until now that I'm thirty five. Wow. Um and just things like that or are, are also that I um even with my own like like sexuality, it was like uh people assumed I was a lesbian um I, they always assume that just because i didn't have any interest in in men when i was a woman well, men boys when i was a little kid mm-hmm. but i don't think it had anything to do with that it had to do with like why would i be interested in somebody who wasn't going to be there <laughs> It exactly. was. It didn't have anything to do with sexuality. It had right. to do with psychology.
0: Right. Um, but those are things right. that I realized and, and role like... modeling from your earliest years. Right. Right. Yeah. Because like the the man who was around your grandfather was not like the potent male because he was an elder. So you know you kind of like filled that job without realizing it. Right. You know, as yeah. a kid, as you grew up.
1: Yeah. 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 He was definitely, he was definitely the man of the house, but I was his. The like, perf- not preferred. Like that was the first granddaughter. I was like his little. Like mm-hmm. I he always had a different. Uh, with me, he wasn't like a dad. It was more just like the total grandfather role. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I I definitely filled that role mm-hmm. myself.
0: Yeah. No, I agree with you, and I think that you know as we, uh, I learn our identities and change our identities. Um, which by the way, I think is a very. Interesting and important topic right now because people believe that, oh, you know, I have my sexual identity or gender identity or whatever other, you know, emotional identity. Yeah, but it's going to change. So, like, Mm. don't, you know, don't hold on to it. (laughs) too (laughs) tight because like 10 years from now it's it it can change most likely that's called evolving right so like it's okay for it's normal for it to change and not normal to be like written in stone Mm -hmm. um but yeah a lot of it is emotional and psychological rather than you know genetic Mm -hmm. i feel that the the genetic is a very 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 small percentage Mm -hmm. of us and the rest it we're just like products of everything that mm-hmm. we, you know, and not just everything that we experienced and that happened to us, but how our own specific brain interpreted that, you know, because right. you can have like a sibling and they have a totally different interpretation of the same experiences. It's possible. So, you know, like forgiving yourself and allowing yourself space. To, like, interpret and reinterpret and name and rename and label and relabel and just, you know, go with the flow mm-hmm. <laughs> and be so open. Yeah. It's important.
1: That's so funny. I, I've been, I've honestly been going through a flow since I <laughs> <even> remember. <laughs> like, it, it literally, like, I change, like, my label every <laughs> every couple of years. That's I'm great. Like, yeah.
0: I think it's super healthy.
1: Yeah. Well, I didn't realize it was healthy until, I until know. recently. Like, I cause at the time, I was like. I was just like, I don't know what I am. And oh. then now I'm like, I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, I just am. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah, No, but it's so funny. I I always, the, the funniest for me is that um, I would say for 13, I was married 13 years, mm-hmm. I would say I'm a straight person who happened to fall in love with their best friend who happened to be a girl mm and i and that okay that's complicated right was, <laughs> that that was my line I was like for 13 okay. years i, I don't I, said, I don't even get that okay I was, <laughs> I was a straight person who i was a straight person who happened to fall in love with their best friend okay and their best friend happened to be a woman right
0: okay so i'm still straight so, so you were heterosexual when you mean straight what do you mean by yes straight? Okay. heterosexual yes okay yeah so you were a, you have been a heteronormative <laughs> married lesbian but only because you i, I would have, have never said lesbian with a woman. Okay, yeah gotcha. i would have
1: never I would, I would i would i would always i would only use lesbian if it was like convenient to me to create rapport with somebody It would okay. be like oh yeah like i'm in okay. the club right okay
0: okay so like if you were with lesbians you'd find a connection somehow right right, but right. that was it not for, was, to yourself
1: yeah but if that's if like on the street some random person would have asked me like no i'm totally straight <laughs> I just happened to be so married to a weird. woman, <laughs> right? I lived thirteen years of that. It was kind of, and I don't, I wouldn't say it was denial. I I really believed it, right?
0: It was, yeah. It's but okay. So if you, if I may ask, like you've been with guys with one
1: before, <laughs> The be, one with one before, yeah, before I married my wife, um, my ex-wife. So right. that, but in my mind, yeah. It's it's so weird. And then now so since weird. we've divorced, mm-hmm. now I'm like... The funny thing is, as soon as we... She, she was the one who was like, oh, you know, I, I don't want to be anymore in this relationship. And I was like, oh, I was totally shocked. The first like thought that I had after the shock was, well, I'm going to go back to men, obviously, <laughs> because remember... <laughs>
0: I'm being straight all these years, <laughs> Right,
1: right? <laughs> okay, so I'm going <laughs> <laughs> this sounds so stupid no I love it okay uh, I'm going to go back to men right that was my first thought so let's say for the first two days <laughs> yeah like week or two weeks or whatever three... you know what I'm still in shock and this is happening right. I'm going to go back to men and then as it starts to wear off and I start to calm down and you know reality sets in that we're not together and it's the sadness mm-hmm. is starting to be normal mm-hmm. I'm like I, I remember I remember to say I went to like this event um, like a just in Fort Lauderdale and like a networking event, and there was this really nice looking I mean, I'm gonna say woman, I don't know how she identifies, but female looking person, <laughs> a little like tomboyish, not very, not super feminine,
0: not lipstick,
1: not lipstick. And I was like, Oh, she smells, <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember thinking, Wait, am I? Am, I, I I thought I was straight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, well, maybe she identifies as a boy and I can still be straight? And <laughs> I was like, this is so confusing. Yeah,
1: <laughs> And then I was like, okay, so maybe I'm, then I maybe I'm a lesbian because I have been with a woman for
0: 15 <laughs> years.
1: And then I'm like, oh, but that guy's also really hot. And then I'm like, maybe I'm not as straight as I thought I was.
0: Oh my God. Oh yeah. my God. So like, Okay, so like fifteen years later uh-huh. you figured out you may be bi. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> now I'm totally bi. <laughs>
0: Congratulations. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. and looking forward to it. Yeah. Whereas before I would have been like I really had these thoughts where I was like, Oh, um I would I would maybe have sex with a woman, like apart from my ex wife, I would maybe have sex with another woman. But I would definitely not date them or like
0: emotionally invest. No, like it this, would this just play. be like a fun thing, right? Yeah, Sexual play, yeah.
1: And and it was like I would I would like shut down any yeah. thought yeah. of ha- it being more than just a playful thing yeah. And then now um now I'm like. Oh, but why not? I mean, I can just go, like, why? Who knows? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's very freeing. It's funny yeah. because I hate it labels and hate it. Uh, and I'm huge, like, uh, Dr. Kinsey fan <laughs> and all that stuff. <laughs> like, I don't want labels. I like my scale being anywhere uh, on the scale. Yeah. And then now I feel more freedom saying that I'm bi than I had before when I was like, I don't want any labels.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I think, and again, you know, like the PC thing is to not speak for anyone, Mm -hmm. but ourselves, but. I think that we're all a little bi Mm -hmm. and whether or not you express it and how much you express it, you know, it's again, a product of like your upbringing and how you are used to seeing yourself in the context of like culture, the general Mm -hmm. culture, right? Yeah. Um, But if you're saying like whether sexually, just sexually, you know, are we capable of being bi and also like emotionally, like are we capable of... You know, having emotional connection with either gender, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so yes. our yeah. our prejudiced or whatever—I I don't want to call it that. So our our own like self-editing, right, mm-hmm. um, is based on all kinds of comfort zones mm-hmm. that have come up in our childhood, from right. our childhood on.
1: Yeah, and also like self-imposed because yeah. my family did not give a rat's ass <laughs> that I was with, like they nothing oh my god what's like, ass <laughs> 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 they they <laughs> this is that expression i've always wanted to say anyway go ahead <laughs> <laughs> it's super super american expression I know. <laughs> um so yeah they didn't care they, like it was never an issue they were automatically loving of my ex they didn't care at all so it wasn't like i had like family like who would be like oh mm. giving me a hard time yeah. um no it was total, totally totally self imposed although i will say that um, it's it, I don't think that people realize what, like, that they're prejudiced against, um, like, the homo- homo- homosexuality or any other type of sexuality. They don't realize that at all. Because, like, even my mom, who's, like, super open, she doesn't, she did not give a shit who I was with. The other day, she was like, well, you're gonna die alone because you chose to not have children. And I'm like... Well, it's not that I chose. It's just really hard to have children as two lesbians. I can't get pregnant unless I have a lot of money, which I don't have a lot of money. Right. So it's even, she doesn't even realize what she's saying. Mm-hmm. That it's not like I said, well, I'm going to become a lesbian so I can't have children. Mm-hmm. So it's really funny that they don't even, even people that are really, really open don't really. Under realize what they're saying sometimes
0: yeah yeah and and life is just a touch more complicated when you're not heteronormative, you know yeah. I, on every level, like at work, you know legally um i mean it's oh you know oh, the 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 rights that you know, queer people have are so recent and could be taken away again. Mm-hmm. You know, especially totally. with the current administration. Yeah. So I see how you know people who don't want like anxiety, stress, and you know complications, mm-hmm. don't want to complicate <laughs> their life. You know, may find it easier to just go with a hetero because mm-hmm. it's the norm. You know, it's the statistical, right. you know, norm. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean anything more than statistics, but it's convenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It really. And is, um. Yeah. So unless like you've had an early, like you, you know, where you had an early exposure to queer life, you know, for whatever reason, you fall in love with your best friend, that's all it takes, you know, Mm -hmm. but you both had like the the, the courage Mm -hmm. to... To go with that you know and and what's the word consummate <laughs> <laughs> um, th- that feeling you know friendship you know, which everybody has, like we all kind of like have a crush on our best friend, especially before we're sexual, you know mm-hmm. when we're, you know in mm-hmm. like middle school we're more with our same gender friends, right um, so you know kind of taking that to its natural expression um instead of like not and keeping it on like the friend level then it, it allows you to understand that you can go either either gender and you understand your bisexuality early on, yeah? Right. Um, but I really think that the people who have not done that stay hetero because it's so convenient. <laughs> you know, like you don't have to explain <laughs> anything to anyone. You don't yeah. have to come out to anyone. You don't have to b- apply for any mm. special whatever <laughs> forms. <laughs> I know.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, it's really, it really, it's it's stuff as simple, and it's is going to sound so stupid, as simple as, like, who gets to drive? hmm Because we're so used to, well, the men always drives or opens the door. And now, and then when I first got, like, got together with her, it was like, wow. And I was also her first lesbian relationship. We were like, okay, so we had to figure out a whole new set of... Right, who does like, what. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And, then, and then, which which would piss us off when somebody would ask, who's the man in the relationship? Eek. Later on, because we were like, no, we had to figure this out. And we were together, this was early 2000s, so this is before it was so common as it, not common, but like so open as it is now. Right. We had to figure it out. A lot of it on our own, mm-hmm. and when somebody asks us that, we're like, "No, no, no! <laughs> You're putting down all the work that we put in to figure out like what our relationship was um, as exactly. two women, exactly. not as a man right. and a woman." Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and you know, for some people, like um, I think, like some people also who find it psychologically difficult. To be in a heteronormative relationship and let the guy, like, have the extra perks, you know, Mm. like the veto power Mm -hmm. or, you know, he provides the majority of the income so he gets to say what happens, you know, or decide what's for dinner. I don't know the Mm -hmm. cliches because, honestly, I've never lived them. (laughs) (laughs) But there are all these cliches that, Mm -hmm. you know... You were free of that role modeling to a degree. I Mm -hmm. mean, you must have seen some of it with your grandparents. Right. But, like, if you grow up with both parents around, that's what you have uh, been shown. That's what you're supposed to repeat uh, if you live unconsciously, right? Mm -hmm. So when you want to live from a conscious level... Um, your first instinct is either to like repeat that or do the opposite and just like don't not do it mm-hmm. if at all. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what comes mo- most easily with the least amount of work on yourself. Right. You know?
1: Yeah. Cause we're
0: humans are lazy, we are lazy. <laughs> in terms we're of like, we don't have time.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. In terms of like w- when you learn something, you kind of just don't want to relearn it. You're like, I just want to continue doing that cause it's comfortable. <laughs> right. Yeah. But no, like,
0: I mean, I, you know, it's a mom. Um, I, I never copied, modeled either one of my parents. but And I that was a conscious decision. You know, my, I came out of very st- strong patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ran away from home when I was 15. And I came to L.A., well, actually West Hollywood, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> where the movies are, oh, wow. um, from the island of Crete, you know, at the age of 15. Wow. Because I lived in a family where, like, nothing was uh, permitted, you know, that I wanted to do. And it was all my dad, you know, it was like his name, I, you know, I shamed the name or I, whatever, you know, and I was a good kid, so I'm not, I didn't really do anything (laughs) (laughs) that we would think Mm -hmm. now is not, you know, appropriate. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to join theater group or write plays, like, um, Mm. you know, organize uh, sit-ins and protests, whatever. Um, But... But my point is because I entered a new culture that was so different from mine, and I spoke a foreign language that I was that was my third language or fourth language that I had learned, right? <sighs> so the fact that everything was so foreign, the way everything was done, especially like in. Um, l a <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is not middle America no. you, know, and then New York, like from there, I moved to the West Village and lived you know at St Mark's place or well, so you were in I it. was right in the middle of the you know anti culture yeah. right um so um, I didn't have to actually perform in any any normative role. And my work was always in art and sex and, you know, writing about sex and about, you know, so, uh, you know, my art practice and my writing practice kept me outside the, the norm. And then I became a mom. And then without even realizing it, I started acting like my mother. Because uh, <laughs> that's all I knew. Yeah. Because you, you didn't have time to... No, how are you going <laughs> like, to... You don't even know. Like, I mean, unless you've studied it, mm-hmm. you know... It's just like you and a and a baby, <laughs> and all like you you your body, like your hands repeat what you remember, right. yeah, oh yeah, you know it's like there is no other way, so you know there are specific roles, like when you get married, you know to a man, where without even knowing it, you're just repeating what your parents did. In the most minute ways. And that's where it gets mm-hmm. you. You know, it might not be like the grand <laughs> yeah. gesture, but like all but of like a sudden you notice like oh, the kitchen, the bathroom, oh. you know, like, like who make, like how, you know, where you no. sleep, like the making of the bed or the serving of the dinner. I yeah. hate that word. <laughs> the <serving laughs> Yeah. Of I, the know, dinner. I know. I've, oh God.
1: I've, I haven't lived um, in the same place uh, that my family has for 13 plus years. And, I I honestly I don't really see them that much, and when I do see them, I'm like, oh, this is where I got that from. Yeah. 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 And and it's just a lot, or it's also a lot of realizing why you are the way you are, and and it is like you say of like sometimes you're trying to be not like them. And it takes you on the other extreme. Mm -hmm. My grandmother Mm -hmm. always says, like, like the extremes are bad. Yeah, (laughs) and I I think that's true because it's like it's it's really is like, it's really like I I I don't want to be like maybe my mom or whatever somebody else in my family, but then I go on the completely other end Mm -hmm. of it and Mm -hmm. then become Mm -hmm. create these rules in my Mm -hmm. mind that Mm -hmm. only the
0: they don't exist in the real real world. They're absolutely in my head for no reason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there is a legitimate reason. The reason is they're supposed to keep you from becoming your mother. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah. True, true. That's a good reason. But yeah, like, it's hard to figure out, you know, a fully developed way of Mm -hmm. being. Mm -hmm. (laughs) On your own. Yeah, on your own. And that's what we got to do. Otherwise, we perpetuate the patriarchy. You know, we perpetuate whatever you want to call it. This system, you know, you can give it your favorite name. Mm-hmm. I'm, I call it that, but you right, know, people can no, call like it. Patriarchy. Yeah, but you can call it whatever is like wh- your your source of repression. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if if you don't like try to consciously change things and do what's difficult, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you c- keep doing what you were taught, you perpetuate the system. Yes. You know,
1: yeah, and that's something that I. Now I think differentiates me from the people that I grew up with, even mm. friends and family. Mm. Whereas, like when I some when I moved, especially to like New York, but actually also a lot of Miami. When I moved here, um, there's just a lot of being conscious of these things that are going around in your head or in, in society, and it made a whole lot of difference. Just being aware, um, yeah, yeah, just being not ignorant about it made uh-huh. a whole lot of difference. Mm-hmm. About everything, about life, and also sexuality, and every every other aspect mm-hmm. of like the human
0: experience. Uh-huh, Yeah, yeah. finding like conscious space and holding it mm-hmm. makes a huge difference. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. And Miami is conservative. I mean, probably not as much as other parts in Fort America that I haven't been to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like the immigrant uh, cultures that make Miami, they're conservative. Like mm. the, you know the subcultures. Yeah. Um, uh, all of them are like really ancient, you know. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the Hasids or the Haitian community, right. or you know the Caribbean island, you know, uh, community, right. which Puerto Rico would be a minor part mm-hmm. here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, mostly Cuban. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But they all come from like. You know, male dominated, ancient, Mm -hmm. you know, well, not ancient enough to be female dominated, but, you know, old Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, cultures. So, uh, you know, we like, you know, there's like the younger, more rebellious uh, artistic community in Miami and it's thriving. It's been growing a lot, you know, because of whatever Art Basel and all kinds of other confluences um you know a lot of like the, the snowbird culture <laughs> has helped mm-hmm. right because <laughs> people have come from uh you know urban centers like new york um but we are definitely coexisting and outnumbered by you know these uh, cult- immigrant cultures you know even even more recent immigrants uh, like the russians you know all over sanya si- island islands very male dominated mm. And they've just come, like, in the past 10 years, you know, or Chinese immigrants, you know. So male-dominated. So it's interesting, you know, we got to kind of, like, penetrate them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but... Yeah, we, we're, like, cultural uh, spies. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that's kind of... For
1: me, um, the one comment that I keep <laughs> receiving from my, like, raw storytelling shows uh-huh. is the melting pot of people that go. Mm. I literally have... All ages, all genders, all races like come, in, all types of people come in, and it's always different It's always like fifty percent are repeats, fifty percent are new because nice. maybe they don't come every single month mm. um and it's just a huge melting pot of people, and I love that in the beginning, yeah. people were like, "Oh, but you're not seeing the same type of people, so how how are you gonna attract them? And, like, I don't care." I just wanted to create a space where people can come and hear other people's stories, and that's exactly what's happening. So I do like. I think we're we're slowly but surely infiltrating them and just bringing them one by one. Yes, one by one is how to do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great.
0: Do you have the same space or you move?
1: So we every second Thursday of the month we're in the same space and oh, it's nice. Cafe Collective in nice. Fort Lauderdale. We did have a series of shows that happen outside of that, um, in the beginning of this year. The last one will be in May in West Palm Beach. Mm. But um we had one at the World World Erotic Art Museum, which mm-hmm. was really it was really fun. Nice. Um but uh yeah, the, the goal we're gonna go back to just doing the monthly ones, um at, at Cafe Collective for a little while because we realized that um, I mean, I realize that divi- I say we a lot. Yeah. The royal I, we. Yeah. <laughs> like the queen. <laughs> we. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I realize that dividing isn't necessarily like growth. It's mm. actually like creating more of it isn't growth. Mm. It's just dividing the same people. Mm. So I'd rather like grow it and then figure out ways to reach more people, like through the podcast. That's, mm-hmm. I think my biggest goal right now is to hold back on having so many live shows and local shows and be Mm. able to have more content that I could put out podcast form so Mm -hmm. I can reach more people outside Mm -hmm. of Florida. Yeah. Um, Because these are
0: stories that absolutely need to be heard everywhere. Well, all you have to do, you know, is tape. The, your live shows. Oh, I do, yeah. And then get permission and yeah. that can be your podcast. No. You yeah. Just... The podcast is out there. Okay. It already started. Um right. we're
1: actually I think this month was our seventh episode. So if you okay. if you search you for raw yeah. storytelling and you yeah. podcasts Great. are found, it's yeah. there. Yeah. Um it's just a once a once a month thing right now. Mm-hmm. And I wanna
0: do, yeah, it's too I, bad you don't have a backlog of whatever you had done before. Cause... I do, I do. Oh. Yeah, so, so you what's had taped everything? Oh,
1: uh, I from the beginning I knew that okay. it was, that whole purpose was to put make a podcast. Yeah. So right now, what, what what's out and on the air right now for the podcast is the stuff that the shows that happened in 2017.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So we have a bunch. Okay, so you have plenty of material. I have plenty, but I want to do more because people want to send their stories that don't live in Florida, for example, or people who maybe can't go to a show want to send their stories. So I want to keep growing the podcast to where it's not only the live show stories, it's, it's anybody can send a story
0: from anywhere. Right, so you can do the same thing that you're doing Right. Uh, you know, with your like mini edits and everything, right. but then interview them on, on the phone. Totally. Yeah. And they can like read it out for the 10, 15 mm-hmm. minutes on the phone. And that's your episode. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's. So, the, oh, yeah. You yeah. could make you just need time to edit everything. Yeah, but I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think you could have like hundreds of episodes. Right. Yeah. And that's
1: the thing with having it, it, it's all I, I say I learned from every single show. I, we're not going. I think it's going to be like 21st show or whatever. 20 something show. Um, I learned from every single one something. What I learned from doing two shows a month is that it not, it's not necessarily the, it's not fulfilling the bigger purpose, which is to get more stories out there. Mm. So now I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it up to one a month mm-hmm. in Fort Lauderdale mm-hmm. Um, and we might do some special ones out there, but it'll still be one a month. And then I'm really going to focus on growing that podcast so that yeah. I can get more, more people's stories yeah. on there. Yeah.
0: So, and is this a labor of love or is it actually something that you get paid to do? It started out <laughs> as a
1: labor of, absolutely labor yeah. of love. It was my third job. I had a full-time job. I had a witchcraft branding and this was my third, uh-huh. I was, which is why the wife left me. You can see <laughs> the pattern there. Yeah. A um, so, the workaholic. Yeah. I'm totally workaholic. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it was labor of love, but now I'm turning it into a business because mm. now I don't have that full-time job. Oh, okay. Good. So now my purpose is to be able to me, cut, like grow a profit it. out of this right. so I can yeah. live off of it a little bit yeah. and yeah. then be able to grow it more. Yeah, yeah,
0: sweet. Yeah, yeah. I think that's great. And you know, anything again, anything that involves like uh, witchcraft, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and raw storytelling. <laughs> Those we are a major course. supporters. Yeah, major <laughs> supporters of. So you know, please continue to like. You know, that's it. You know, mm-hmm. I think that like that's especially as women. You know, it's great for us to do something like this instead of like work for a corporation or Mm -hmm. whatever people do. And again, there is zero judgment. It's super important, first of all, to make your own money. So, you know, to me, you know, for all the women out there, you know, most important thing is make your own money and don't depend on the guy's money, Mm -hmm. you know, because then you don't have to make all the endless compromises that we have been raised to make. Yeah. But secondly, once you actually have like a resume and you are able to make money, there is nothing better than like starting your own brand and starting your own Mm -hmm. business that speaks to your truth and your interest. Because once you start it, you know, it will find its voice. Mm -hmm. You may not make as much money, but like in exchange, you know, you feel good about whatever you're doing in the world, you know, for your And, you know, I used to say tribe, for Mm -hmm. your tribe. For your coven. (laughs) Yeah, for your coven is much better because, you know, now with like Trump, I feel like tribal politics and that the instinct of the herd are no no <laughs> <So> yeah coven <laughs> yeah no and i i
1: also like to say that i i agree i i see nothing wrong with working for an employer right i have considered many times where i'm like this because it is really hard to be an entrepreneur and work yes. for yourself it's so hard you work I second that. 10 <laughs> times more than yes. when you work for somebody else and you make 10 nothing. times less <laughs> Make nothing. <laughs> but I will say that I've considered many times going back and I see nothing wrong with it. It's uh, honestly, it's sometimes it's even you. The most important part is to find what it is that you want in life. So, for example, I love working. So mm-hmm. I I feel proud of working 12 hour days mm-hmm. but I know a lot of people who just want to travel or and not just they want to travel which is great or they want to spend more time with their um, friends and family well, they want to raise their or young they want to... which is time
0: consuming yeah
1: or they want to do or they just want to come home and like open a beer and have pizza which
0: sounds Amazing and read a book and read a book and relax, especially and, like a book that's not uh, that's like fifty years old. Yeah, just saying, <laughs> that'd be fun. And for and yeah.
1: that and the ideal lifestyle for that is to have like a day job that you don't have to worry about anything else. Right. And yeah. you know, you go home I and be them. Yeah. I want to be like that, where I just <laughs> relax. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's n- there's no wrong path. Uh, wrong path. No, there's at no all. wrong yeah. path,
0: but there's something again. You know, but. Meh, whatever i should shut up but i'm saying there is <laughs> something to be said for finding your own voice your mm-hmm. creative voice you know as a woman you know like men have done it so much for so long yeah you know? and women are not used to it so that's why i kind of like feel it's important to talk about it because you know women even now like as an artist okay as an artist i was doing painting and i was doing graffiti and then i switched to embroidery and stitching the Mm. hand stitch you know to a great extent in homage to like my mom and my grandma and my aunt we would all sit on the porch and we would Mm. stitch away the afternoons you know and it was meditative and so when i became a mom it became something I could do with my daughter there. You know, even in the studio, it was just, you know, not as smelly and not mm-hmm. as, you know, it was easier right. to carry around. And I found that it was more like street art. You know, everyone, you know, would walk in from the street. I had the studio art center on Lincoln Road and have their own like stitching and embroidery <gasps> stories and narratives, oh, you know, unlike yeah. like fine art per se and mm-hmm. abstract art and, you know, performance art, which was a little more off-putting to the you know average mm. person, viewer, Um, But I found that women didn't buy art. They would not. You know, they would come in, they would talk, and uh then they would go buy the purse. They would buy the shoes. They would buy the, you know, makeup. They would buy the lipstick. They would buy, like, the facial. They would buy the facelift. They would buy the botox. They wouldn't support the sister in her art practice because it's just not what they know, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, and, And men would. So inevitably, you know, the art became more and more, uh, geared toward the male gaze again, however, tan in cheek, because that's mm-hmm. the only thing I would sell. Yeah. Same thing with like my healing practice. I have something called scribal therapy, and like I'm teaching, uh, you know, I'm I'm teaching people, and I want to say women, but it ends up being the men again. Mm. You know, kind of like an, the ancient practice of words as magic spells and alchemy, mm-hmm. and how to you know cure and and rework your consciousness. You know, find healing, find peace, find. Um, self acceptance and find your new self through re- re- reconnecting with the words, not the way the meaning that patriarchy gives us mm-hmm. of words, but like the ancient alchemical you know magical meaning of the words mm-hmm. so um, again, you know my vision for it was w- women focused, but the practice has been that you know ninety percent of my customers are men and they come and they pay for the old your know, ancient women wisdom, which really we should be gaining but it, it, that's how it works right. you know so as women we do, we are not used and trained you know to to spend our own income on anything on anything that doesn't involve making ourselves mm-hmm. being looking prettier. better mm-hmm. for the male gaze right that is so interesting i know so you know it's important to not only like make our money but also mm-hmm. like spend our money consciously and wisely you mm-hmm. know in 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 a new consciousness um so we gained that, that, that advantage, that power that we have, that we've been born with.
1: Right. With making our, our own money. Absolutely. Exactly. I love that. You know,
0: and, you know, I I, I do think that as, you know, as women should try to have children and raise them, you know, more consciously and more, mm-hmm. uh, you know, more uh, wisely again than we were raised uh, yeah, to the best of their abilities. I mean, you know. No judgment. You do your best, but it's nice to try. (laughs) I agree. I love that. And
1: I I get it. Yeah. And side note, I I used to cross stitch with my mom. Mm. That's the
0: thing that that we used to do together. (laughs) It's so nice, right? It's awesome. I know. It's such a bonding ritual. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I agree. And it's like, you know, for so many generations, it was like the invisible labor of women, Mm -hmm. you know, like there was no price for it. You know, men were like, Unaware of it being around, you know all the doilies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, th- they thought they just came out of I don't know yeah what, Like yeah, the... they fell from the sky. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think they. And grew then on when trees. the girl married, like it would be her dowry, and that's mm-hmm. what she would take from home to like this strange new place she was going on her own, mm-hmm. and and it was like a blessing. So yeah, there is a lot to it. I think. That cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. So thank you. Thank you for coming. We'll have to do this again. I know. It's so much fun. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Thank you for listening. Thank you for trusting me as your sex whisperer here on Jolt Radio. And uh, until uh, next week when I'll be back, please speak sex. Ciao.